Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 141. As England get their World Cup warm-up campaign off to the perfect start against Wales at HQ, Eddie seems to have nailed the tactics. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that leaves England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. What a start to England's World Cup planning, uh, World Cup warm-ups. Uh, I'm joined by Dan to discuss it all. Uh, hi, mate. What did you think? Hello, mate. Well, I, we always have faith in England, but that was dominant. That was, I must admit, I didn't expect it to be that dominant. I did think we'd win. I, I genuinely did have a suspicion we'd win. But my God, we just, we bossed them. Yeah. Uh, it, we said it last week. I said it last week. If if you're Wales right now, I mean, you can spin it any way you like in the media. You've played just completely the wrong hand here, right? I mean, you've gone. Here's our A team. This is our you know 14 of the of the 15 guys started the Six Nations, the the Grand Slam Six Nations. We're coming to play England. We, we, we're temporarily number one in the world and we're putting out our number one team. We're not pulling any punches, no messing about. And then you get dicked by an England second team. Were, were, Wales, were Wales just having a really poor day or have they, have if, they got their if, tactics completely wrong? Is it if, you're, if, if you're Welsh, uh, Wales had a really poor day, the worst yeah. they've had in two, two and a half years or something. Um, personally... I don't think they played that much different to the way they've played for the last two and a half years. You, you've been shouting for that for a while. You've been just, saying all along. I don't feel like they've come up make... against a strong... Don't, I'm not going to take all of it away from them, and I'm sure we'll get a massive backlash from, from me saying this, but you know, like the game against Ireland in the Six Nations, they were very good in that. Yeah. Um, but most of the games in that, in that Six Nations, we were saying at the time, the opposition lost rather than Wales win. Um you know, of course, you take your opportunities and competitions, particularly knockout competitions like the World Cup, is all about getting the win, whatever you know, however, however that comes, and and of course, yeah, that's fair play. But yeah, I think there's, I don't think it's as simple as just saying Wales had a bad day at the office. Um, they just, England were just too, were just dominant. They just didn't give them any opportunities. England, England, and, and, the, and the mistakes happened on both sides. You know, they, 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 they're very quick to talk about, oh, well, if you're going to do things like throw a long line out and not, you know, and it's inaccurate and you just gift them a try. Well, that was one try. What about all the others? And ju- yeah. just as, as their, their try, they, they scored two tries, didn't they? But the first one. No, they got three tries. Three, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you see, there you go. They scored three tries and yet it just never felt like they were in the game. England were, England were completely dominant. Don't get me wrong. England... And, and that's something to bear in mind. Like England, it's all very well having a great win against a team like fourteen, you know, Six Nations Grand Slam champions, fourteen games unbeaten. But England were making mistakes as well. There were a few things for England to clear up. But but overall, isn't that just doesn't that just strengthen this idea? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Like, England, England was so dominant. An England second team making mistakes and still still able to control the game like that. Um, well, you know, forget forget you know Wales versus England. Just in terms of World Cup preparation, that's that's massive for England. Eddie Jones has got the tactics absolutely spot on. So the, the only thing that I would say when you say an England second team, I think a few of those players are no longer second team players. No, well we're going to come on to that, but but yeah, you know, it's an England second team on paper in theory, yeah, yeah, going into that match. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, second teams are there to become first teams. You know, that's the, that's what they're all trying to do. So you know, that's that's good, uh, and it's going to make for some tough decisions in terms of what a fifteen, what a twenty-three looks like. Um, so I, I, I've got a bit of a, I think probably a bit of a reputation of sometimes uh, getting things wrong every now and again. Well, I remember saying, albeit six or eight months ago. Uh, when they said Wales forget how to lose, I remember saying, "Well, England are going to show them." I got it right. England See, did show them how to lose. Talking exactly, <laughs> they, they, they've learned. It's important exactly. to learn. It's important to learn lessons. I, I personally wouldn't have um, gone out looking for the the lesson on how to lose just before World Cup, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the best time to, to learn that lesson. Joking aside, from a from a Wales perspective, so a couple of things actually, right? So first of all, um, Anscombe. 
obviously he's now it's now official he's out of the World Cup. Massive blow for Wales. That's huge. Um, he got injured, right? You, you, I can't remember whether it was a tackle or a kick or there was something, and he kind of went down. You could see he was he was limping around, and they didn't do anything. And then it happened again five minutes later, and he went down, and he was he was in pain, and he was kind of trying to shake it off, and and you know he was clearly injured. They didn't do anything, and on the third time it happened, they finally took him off. What the hell are you playing yeah. at? In a World Cup warm-up game, when when particularly in Wales, where the media has been all over them about having four uh, kind of intense World Cup warm-up games before a before a World Cup, um, why are you not taking them off the minute it looks like there might be a slight niggle? He's one of two fly halves that you want to take. So to to, to compare that, so but the reality is the chances are the initial injury. Probably, probably would have put him out for World Cup, but we don't know that. And no. why risk it? Why would you well, ever risk Gatlin it? Gatlin was questioned about it afterwards, and he and he kind of was very flustered, and he kind of went, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, obviously, obviously, the the uh, leaving him on didn't make it any worse. How can you possibly know that? Yeah, you know, Dr. if they'd taken Dr. him off Gatlin. straight away, maybe it would have been a bit of swelling, and 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 you know, some ice and some rest would have been enough, and he'd be good to go for the World Cup." Maybe the 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 second two times that he you know clearly did something, just a little bit worse each time, and now his World Cup dreams are over. Um, it's madness, and I'm I'm amazed not to have seen more about that in the media um, instead of people just. I suppose it's you know, people desperately trying to come up with a an explanation for what happened on Saturday, and you know I know that this coming weekend you know they'll have an opportunity on Sunday. Sorry, this coming weekend they'll have an opportunity to put things right but I don't know I just I'm not feeling that at all um, I think England will play another in inverted commas second team um, it, well, I, think, I think he'll go I think he'll go down the same route I think he'll change it up but I think there'll be some first team players you know, let's not call it first team second team but some of some of the sort of the, the nailed on starters will be included but I think there'll be a lot of you know I think it's it's not it's about combinations it's not about trying people out and seeing who, who's good now He's picked his 31, and we're going to come on to that. Um, but it's about saying, right, let's create scenarios. What happens if, you know, we're taking one number eight? What happens if Billy Vanapola's unavailable? He's injured. Um, or, but, but it's not an injury that's going to send him home, but he's got to have a week off. Yeah, I, I suspect, I, I, I think you're exactly right. I don't think it's going to be a case of, I'm going to pick my sign team. It's going to be, so I suspect, right, we need to try an eight. And don't forget, KFC are now doing on Tuesdays, they're doing a... Nine chicken, nine chicken pieces for five ninety nine. So Billy will be down there probably now. I think they open at eleven, so he'll be down there now. He might still be fairly full come Saturday, so I suspect he'll be rested. Um, and we need to we need to try out who's going to be at number eight because at the moment my starting back row would be Ludlam, Curry, and Vernapola. So yeah. I wonder. I reckon Wilson will have a run out at eight. Yeah. Well, so so this is this this is where. I, Slight concerns kick in, right? So this is there was someone who, t- who tweeted something on uh, on Twitter, believe it or not, um, saying madness that Eddie Jones is announcing his thirty-one man squad so early. Um, you know, players are humans too, and you know those that got dropped and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and I kind of said, well, hold on a second. He's he's been quite open about why he's done this. It's because he doesn't want to spend the next four weeks or whatever it is with the media speculation over who's going to get selected. Not just media speculation, but also within the squad. He wants to be able to say, right, we've all worked hard. This this is the 31. Breathe, you know, take, take a breath. And now let's focus on the next four weeks. Let's focus on developing as a as a 31. And it might change <laughs> and injuries might, might impact it. And, and maybe something will happen and someone will just not be... Um, performing and, and he, you know, he still has the ability, the right to make changes. I think, uh, I think I said last week was it the 9th of September that he has to actually I, submit his final thirty-one. Yeah, I can't remember the exact date, but his reasoning for picking the team now to me could not be more sound. Like when he's saying we've we've seen mistakes from previous years, I think that's spot on, and I and I completely agree with yeah. it. I, I think now's a really good time to pick it. I yes. do too, but right. Obviously, those that have not been picked, um, particularly those that were most on the fringes, will have been told, "Don't go and you know put on three stone. You know, you don't just take a holiday. You need to keep working hard because you just never know." And they'll know that too. And injuries 
inevitably happen. Um, and I'd be amazed if this 31 is the 31 that gets on the plane because of that, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Right now, you've got Noel, Vunapola, Curry, Underhill, Slade, and McConaughey. I don't, although I don't know the extent of his his uh, injury, but all of those, I think it's, they're saying two, three weeks. Okay. Um, would you? And, and this is this is this is where it gets a bit difficult. Would you look to bring someone in for each of them? For these warm-up games, because because they would effectively be in the event that one of these got injured, they, this is who we'd replace them for. They'd be a like-for-like replacement. So, so in in theory, yes, I think I personally would, but that's it, it depends. I mean, it almost takes away a bit of a reasoning for picking this squad. Yeah, a hundred percent right. It does, but then but then you look at. So I went through and kind of tried to make a, a guess at what I think he'll pick for the next game based on wanting to mix it up a bit. And I've gone Marla, Singleton, Sinclair, front row. Okay. Um, with Cole, George and Genge as the replacements. Well, Genge and uh, Genge and Sinclair are the only options. Yeah. There. And then obviously Cole, Marla and then Mako is, is obviously injured. So he's out, out of the equation for this game. So... They have to be included. Harry Williams was obviously included last weekend. He's not been selected in the 31, so he's not an option. Would you be tempted to say, if, if something happens to Mako or, I don't know if it's the wrong, the wrong replacement, but you know, if something was to happen to Genge or Cole you know, and you need to bring a Harry Williams in, do we do it now because there is an injury currently in place? Uh, likewise, I've gone Cruz and Atoje in the second row because Cruz was on the bench for the game just gone. Atoje wasn't involved. Um, you know, you know what Launchbury can do. You know, I mean, Yules obviously isn't in the thirty-one. Um, I don't think. Um, so no, he's not. No. So yeah, do you go Cruiser Toje with Launchbury on the bench? Do you, you know, the back row in particular? You've got Curry and Underhill, two two kind of pivotal members of the back row, and there aren't that many actually that we're taking because you've then got Ludlam, Wilson, Billy, and then potentially Courtney Laws if you're looking at him as a back row player. So yeah. would you go Ludlam Laws Wilson this weekend? I I would I would probably have Laws in the row and go with Toje at six and go okay. or, or go, oh actually yeah. But who do you have at seven? I mean, so, is Ludlam? Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I mean, I guess you're not playing an out an out and out seven because yeah, both so, so, your sevens are currently injured. I think it'll be the old, the old Haskell Robshaw days six and a half. Yeah. So I think I would go. I think for now, I wouldn't have the non-squad members in, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be scared to bring them in should there be more injuries. Like, rather than play um, play people to exhaustion because they're in the 31, this weekend, I don't think we need to. Because I think, so for example, a bat row, I think you can go Wilson. I would play Ludlam again, yep. just so he's got some game time. And then I'd probably go someone like Marrow. Or possibly laws at six because that may be, need to happen. In yeah, the yeah, one hundred percent, hundred percent. So it's creating scenarios, and, and it's easier to replace our second row. You know, we've got more options in the second row right now with Curry and yeah. Underhill uh, injured. Now, so, uh, and would you rest Billy, or would you put him on the bench? Uh, I would. Uh, I might bench him, but I, I might bench him with. Uh, Do I think four, I would? But... I think I'd rest him because you've. You know, I, I know that there's a number eight issue, but but this is about scenarios. Um, yeah. So I think I would rest him completely um, because, yeah, with Cruz, Itoje, Laws and Launchbury all involved in the matchday squad, you've got options. Um, I'm not. Maybe you put Cruz at eight in the event that... that... No, I, I think you'd put... I think you'd put... I think you'd put if, uh, Wilson... No, no, I'm saying I, I, I would start Wilson at eight in this scenario. Yeah, I'm but saying... I think you'd then move Ludlam to eight. Oh, is that, okay. You... Okay. Ludlam cut yeah, is, I... is an eight cover. I didn't realise. Uh, well, he's a, he's a back row. He, I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily an eight cover, but I, I wouldn't put Cruz at eight. I don't know. Um, um, and and so therefore, on the same in the same vein, would you start Hines again because he's only got the one cap, or would you go? Would you put switch them around this time around? I, I would switch them around this time because I I think of the way Hines played. Ben Youngs needs to be like, oh crap! I need to start. <laughs> I need to start <laughs> proving myself. I, I've got Hines currently sitting ahead of. Young. So, so, so you said this to me. I hadn't yet seen the game, and you said to me, "I've got Hines sitting ahead of Youngs," and I was like, "That's a nice four. Uh, you know, you know, 
I understand your reasoning, but no, I don't agree. I watched the game. I couldn't agree more. He was I, I, he, he was, was dominant. Brilliant. He, he, you know, and not 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 like you know in a in a sort of Danny Care sniping way because he does that too. But just in a in a all encompassing controlling the game, controlling the forwards, controlling the backs, linking them together, smart decision making. It, it was the it was the whole package. And I think you know Ben Youngs is is a great scrum half too. But I think he lacks some of that go forward that that you get from Willie Hines actually. Willie Hines is one of the form scrum halves in the world at the moment. And I said this to you uh, yesterday or Sunday or whenever it was. I said that the best teams in the world, the team that's number one in the world, often has the best or one of the top few best scrum halves in the world. You look at New Zealand when they've been dominant and they've had the likes of Aaron Smith there. You look at South Africa now, they've got Faf de Klerk, they've got Yanchi. South Africa are probably currently playing the best rugby in the world. And they're looking the biggest threat. And to me, Willie Hines is certainly in that conversation as to whether being one of the best scrum halves in the world. I know a lot of people will argue this, but look at the way he played for Gloucester all season. Yeah. And I think he's playing better rugby than Ben Youngs. And I would start him. Could you imagine playing against him? You would absolutely fucking hate the guy. He's quick. Uh, you know, he's quick. He bosses the game. He gets quick delivery out. And when he runs, he's just one of those players where you're just like, just stand still. I can't tackle you. You're annoying me. And uh, he's, I think he could, he's been a hell of a fine. And I was surprised initially when he was left as one of the two. Now I think he's an absolutely genius choice. Once again, Eddie with the unconventional great call. Yes. Um, Do we start Faz this weekend? Yeah, I think so. Have Ford on the bench. Yeah, I think I think so. Give, give Faz a run out. I thought Ford did pretty well, actually. I, I did. Uh, I think you know. I, we said this before, and there's been a lot of chat, um, various things going out saying you know who's the most unlucky, and you know, there's obviously the Cipriani debate came back up, um, and yeah, I just think at this stage, I, I'm kind of over it in terms of I, I, you know, I've accepted that it's a decision that Eddie's made. Um, possibly taking the extra, uh, the extra back five player rather than an extra fly half, you could argue that that maybe that's a mistake. Um, but we'll come on to that in a moment. But yeah, I think Ford just offers like like security, if you like. He's a safe pair of hands. He's going to play a a good game, and if he's coming off the bench, you've got your kind of flashy player yeah the the guy that can create those moments of brilliance in fans if that's not working or if we need to change the the game plan and you're looking for just a solid uh alternative then ford makes sense i just don't i don't see why you would go owen farrell isn't creating the the moment of genius we need to bring on cipriani to do it that they're they're kind of that to, to me what cipriani brings albeit perhaps he has, you know, more magical mo- individual moments. You pick Faz over Cipriani, and therefore it's between those two and a safe pair of hands like Ford. Unless you take three of them, but then are you using up a space? The, the 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 only question I have with that, and I the, the one call that I still am surprised about is Pierce Francis. Yeah, I must admit, and there was part of me thinking. Would I rather have Cipriani instead of Piers Francis? It leaves us a bit short at 12, but actually does it because I think a Faz can play 12. I think a Slade can step in at 12 because having seen JJ play, Slade Slade may not be the first choice 13 anymore. JJ looks Um, so good. Oh my God, what's gone on? He looks... He looks back to his best. He oh, looks so both, sharp. Both he and so, Watson, you, you you forgot that they'd been out for sort of a year and a half each or whatever it's been. I forgot. I forgot how many attacking threats we've got in the back. So if you look at the starting team, if, if for argument's sake you've got Faz, yeah, great control game. To a laggy, he might, you could have put 20 Welsh defenders in front of him. He he was getting through when he made that break. Yeah, that so was you've nice. got to a laggy danger at every point. You've got Johnny May danger at every point. You've got Joseph danger at every point. Watson danger, Daly danger. We have got an old school All Blacks potent back line yeah. at the best when they're playing at their best. And that's what you need to win a World Cup. So this weekend, 
just going back to this then, do we go, do we start to Alangi? Yes. Yes, yes. Faz, to me, I go Faz to Alangi. And I might go Joseph. I think you have Honestly, to go. I think you have to Joseph. go. I think you have to go Joseph again because I think the alternative is obviously Slade, who's injured. Yeah. Um, at thirteen, I don't. I, I don't think I want to see any of the others unless you unless you mix it up and put Daly there. Uh, and no, have I'll, Watson at the back, and Cock and a Seager. Because so right. So McConaughey, I don't know whether he's going to be fit for this weekend. Hopefully yeah. he is because I think having selected him, having never played before for England. Um, you want to? We want to see him sooner rather than later. So, if he is fit, and it was just a little niggle last weekend, I would have yeah. him starting so we can see what he's all about with Johnny May. Yeah, I'd like to see Watson at the back, but I'd be tempted to say, well, let's see Daly at thirteen. If we're trying things out, you know, within the thirty-one to see what scenarios might be required. I, I, I don't think you need to try that scenario. Well, except that thirteen is Daly's first choice position, and he's never played there for England. Well. And you've got Watson, who's just looking world class. Yeah, right we, we, we say it was his first choice. I mean, for Watson, if he's not fullback, he tends to be on the wing more these days. Right now, I've, I've got I've got Joseph uh, Joseph starting at thirteen, and I've got Watson at fullback, and I've got Daly or McConaughey on the wing. But just when we've been talking, I'm thinking, oh, maybe put Joseph on the bench, have Daly start at thirteen, and see what see what happens because it's you know, and again, it's I think it takes a lot of pressure off. Because it's not but, about the result, but at the same time, you know, if you can get one, great, and it's pressure on Wales, but so also it's creating is, scenarios for the World Cup. It's not about it's not about trying people out. It's not about yeah. doing testing that you why, why are you doing this so close to a World Cup. It's about saying there there's a you know there, there's a real feasibility to 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 a scenario but, during the world cup where something like this might be needed and so, can it happen or do you want to just make that call you know on the so, day and go let's so, so that's why i slightly disagree so i think where so i think the 13s you've got you've got jj and henry say typically if they're for whatever reason can't play i think to a laggy because don't forget he plays 13 as well quite a lot so i think he'd go into 13 if for whatever reason those three aren't about I think you've called in somebody else to come and fill the 13 role, a marching maybe. So I don't, the reason I wouldn't put Daly there is I don't really see a World Cup scenario where you would play Daly at 13. Well, it's not that you'd start him there, it's whether or not it needed to happen during the match because of the team you'd selected. But arguably, but I, I still think it's, in which case, so be it, but okay. I, I still think that's unlikely. Bo- I think bottom line, though, sit. bottom line, do we want to see Watson at 15 or do we think he's nailed on a, as a winger? And, and... I, I want to see Watson on the wing. I, I think Watson and May on the wing will be absolutely disgusting. Do you think we will, though? Because at the moment, Bailey is the only By fullback. disgusting, I mean amazing. Uh, I, I, think, I think Watson might have a run out of fullback. I'd like to see Watson. I want, because Watson's been out so long, I want to see Watson... On the wing game, I wouldn't mind seeing Watson run out of fullback maybe against Italy in the warm-up games. Okay. But for now, I want to see. I wouldn't mind seeing Daly have another. I I I think Daly. I think Daly's our starting fullback, and I want him to stay that way. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. That yeah, would be so, my. So, uh, and then have have Cochrane Seeger on the bench again. Cochrane Seeger. Oh, not again. He was meant to be on the bench. Last oh weekend. God, yeah. Who would you? So, and and I know we I know we are jumping to and from no. here. Who is your who who are your starting wingers? My God, we've got some talent on the wing. I mean, I think you have to have Johnny May. You do. I think I I, I agree, but it, 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 there's not. But this is where this is I this is where I genuinely think we need to see Watson at fullback because I genuinely think that Daly, as much as. He off, you know he offers the massive boot and you know he's got pace. If, uh, if you had class. to, if Daily you had to choose class. between Watson or Daly to play I in the game, so, uh, I am still just edging Daly. If I'm honest, so you'd see Watson left out if that was the the choice. If if you could only have one or the other for either position, I think ah, uh, it's so tough. But. Um, let us know, guys. Let know. us know what you would do. There yeah, you go. That's the question. If you could only pick Watson or Daly to be in the twenty-three, who would you who would you choose? There's no real reason why that has to be a scenario, but that's the scenario we're presenting to you now. Uh, let us know at England Rugby Pod on social media or England Rugby Pod at gmail.com. Um, 
and let us know what you would who you would choose of, out of those two. Um, but yeah, it's it, so Kokonasiga obviously then is another one, and he's so unique. You know, the guy's 120 kilos, and he's the, according to JJ, he's the second quickest guy in the team after Johnny. I'm, I'm not, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. You, can, you can't be that big, that strong, and you know, have you, you're not allowed to be that quick. I'm not having it. What are you talking about? He's English. Yeah, I know, I know, but Before it's, still it's definitely upset. allowed. It's just not allowed elsewhere. It, it, it is allowed, but that—that's kind of that's machine type territory. That—that's exactly. he's he's moving away from being a human being to a machine. Exactly. Uh, I love it. From my point of view, it just it just is messes he, with my minds and my concepts of physics. Is he an impact player? Do you know, do we do we in, in a in a in a World Cup knockout quarter final semi final final? Um, you know, does he come off the bench? No, no, or do you need him know. doing the damage from the beginning? I don't, mate. I have no idea. I I kind of want him having the damage from the beginning. I I think he. Every time I've seen him in an England shirt, when he started, I've just thought, "Holy crap, that guy's good." Um, I so. I mean, this to me is why I find it strange that McConaughey was selected. And obviously, yeah. as I say, a reserved full judgment until we see him in an England shirt, because he might yeah. turn out to just be outrageous. Um, but, you know, you've now got Daly, McConaughey, Watson, May, Cochranesega, and Null. And I don't see enough positions for. To me, it's like, well, surely at this point, and I'm slightly going back on what I said before, a Cipriani or. You know, uh, uh, another scrum half, or uh, you know, another number eight, or something. It does. It does seem Eddie has clearly got. So when you were saying about the daily at thirteen, Eddie may well have that in mind because the, the talent we have in the wings, we don't. We're not shouting out from McConaughey. Like it's not. No. It is not necessary. But like we say, maybe there's something he adds, but. I mean, and other than Watson being able to cover fullback, you wouldn't really say that May McConaughey. I don't know, but I'm guessing he's a winger, out and out. Cochranesega, as big as he is, as far as I'm aware, wings all, all he knows. Like you've you've got if you're going to take six of them. I mean, a Noel obviously is a bit more flexible, but again, we've only ever seen him at wing wing or fullback or the occasional stint in the back row. Um, I I just wonder whether whether you have to look at someone like a daily as a as an option. Oh, is a daily or possibly a null in the, the census? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right because we have as as a back three. I don't care what anyone says. There's no better in the world. There's no better um, Paul within that within the World Cup squad in the world. The All Blacks included. Does England have the best no. strength and depth right now in in uh, across the World Cup squads? Um, um, um uh, I haven't seen the others. South Africa are pretty good, New Zealand are pretty good. We're, we're up there. We're certainly up there. Does South Africa have have the pool? South not Af- not, yeah, not South- the pool, as in are they going to win their pool? I mean, do they have that the pool of players? You know, we know that they're they're a great setup right now, but you know, could uh, could they play a second team and it'd be almost as strong as a first team? Maybe not to the extent uh, that the All Blacks or England could. Uh, I don't know the South African team well enough to say that for sure. I know they've got some good depth. Um, I, I, it's so hard to it's so hard to say the All Blacks don't have that. But having said that, the All Blacks were pretty pretty damn average against Australia. They've been pretty average for the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I saw a stat that said that um, no Southern Hemisphere team has ever won the World Cup and the Championship in the same year. Uh, yeah, but who won the Championship this year? Uh, South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think South Africa win the World Cup. I think it's England but, or New but Zealand. But more, import- more importantly, New Zealand didn't win the Championship this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no. um, uh, and, and neither have they. So, you know, it's almost like... Yeah, a year, a World Cup year. The uh, you know, when New Zealand have won the World Cup, it's almost like they've intentionally just sort of taken a foot off the gas a little bit during the championship. And maybe that's maybe there's something in that. Maybe they're saying, look, 
the, the northern hemisphere they're getting warm up games they're getting to try things out and 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 you know not take it easy but take it slightly easier whereas obviously they're in an actual test match competition um, yeah. for, as, as their kind of warm up games and yeah, they don't they don't want to they don't want to risk the injuries so they do take their foot off the gas a little bit and maybe that's the thing with New Zealand it's like you know and we we've said it in fact before with New Zealand if you can get New Zealand on the back foot they've often struggled to turn things around it's just that it's very rare for a team to put them on the back foot um and on the few occasions that we've that we have beaten them um well it's it's because of that you've put the pressure on put them on the back foot and then not taking your foot off uh, the gas and and I wonder whether that's why often before a World Cup, New Zealand perhaps don't, um, Are they don't messing with us in the championship. Is that what you're saying? You're well, saying I'm wondering, maybe. maybe. Yeah. They, they've seen this England uh, squad and they've gone, guys, we need to just chill because, uh, you know, we, we, need, we need every player we can get. Yeah, let's just chill. We'll get to the World Cup and we'll then release the Blacklash. Release the Hounds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Are we, are we thinking we really should do the maths and work out what's possible, but are we thinking England-New Zealand final? Yeah, because uh, we I, obviously I, we know that England are in the final. We've already. Nah, I, 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 yeah, it could be. I know it could be. I, I, I can't, I can't remember the, I can't remember the likely scenarios. But well, I think when, when, when the um, pools were done, I think England were number two in the world. Yeah, so, so I think so it has intentionally one and two have to be able to meet in the final. Yeah, so, so I think England, so I think we can meet them in the final. Yeah, and and I think. I think that could, that could be a likely scenario for sure. Good insight. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks. I've really hedged my bets there, haven't yeah. I? Um, there do, could do be I, two teams in the final of the World Cup. Do, do, do you know what? The truth is, I don't care. I don't care who we beat in the World Cup final. You've got to beat them all. You've got to beat yeah. the best to get there in the first place, haven't you? So Exactly. Exactly. So, when... Looking at this team, so the Tom Curry thing, obviously he's picked, we're not worried about it. Eddie, Shane, Warren, Gatlin, what you're meant to do is somebody takes a knock during a warm-up yeah. game, get them off, get them looked at. But we're, yeah, he said, we're not worried. He said a couple, a couple of weeks for that one. Yeah, I. But the whole the whole timing thing is is starting to um, is starting to bother me a little bit because um, the, the timings just don't add up with... Um, with uh, most of the stop reading you know, text a lot of, sorry mate the phone's ringing uh Hev's just come back in with a dog from a walk and uh it's all going on start, my, my lawn, it's all going on like 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 an england test match um it's so I've, i completely forgot where i was you threw you threw me off track there <laughs> come on man um uh, I wasn't really listening, to be honest. I wasn't listening to what you were saying, so I don't know where you were either. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Brilliant. I don't even know let's, where we're let's, going. Let's, let's, it clearly wasn't important. Let's move on a little bit, because we've covered a lot of, of what the squad looks like by, by talking about the team we want to see this weekend. But let's yeah. look at the rest of the squad. And I think more importantly, you know, are there any, is there anyone that you feel, and we're not talking the Cipriani's who were left out, a while back, or the goods that never made it in, so, in the so, first so I place. Think, I, I think you're hinting at Ben Teo here, aren't you? Uh, a little bit, yeah, Ben Teo, and and anyone else that you feel should have been included. You know, we've just com- you know we've just touched on the fact that he's gone with six back three players, um, and obviously that means that someone else isn't going. And in particular, you're leaving out Harry Williams, so he's taking. And I'm not going to make the mistake of getting loose head, tight head wrong. Um, but I'm, he's not, I'm not even going to comment. Three on that. of one and two of the other. And then yeah. three hookers. Yeah, is that a mistake? No, I don't think so. I, otherwise, you've got nine front row positions taken. But bear in mind, it's, every single game requires six. So, what? What? So the reason for taking nine is because you, in theory, can't comfortably. Um, there's no player who can comfortably cover both sides. Yeah. But I think there are a couple, and I'm not going to go into who can do it if need to. So perhaps during a USA game, right? Mixed you have somebody to cover um, where, you, you know, so that the rest is given there. And, and actually, during the World Cup, whether you're on the bench or not, everyone's involved in every game. It's not like a Lions tour where... The midweek team will go on the piss if, um, yeah, you know, of course, you know, if they're not playing that weekend, everyone's involved. So, if you know, if you're starting on the bench every game, 
Uh, fine, so be it. I don't think that, you know, as long it's as more, it's It's more about the big boys at the front needing extra rest. Yeah, and, and they, they can get the rest. And, you know, as soon as there's an injury, I'm pretty sure Williams would be flown out. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the thing is, and something I saw on, again on Twitter, is that, you know, Japan is not uh, just, just a few hours flight away. So if an injury comes along and it's quite late notice, potentially no. there isn't time to get somebody out. It's... That, so that, do, you, I mean, do you have people on tactical holidays? No, you don't know. Do you remember they did it? They were saying in... Uh, and I'm not one to mention 2003. <laughs> no. But um, what they did, and I heard this from another podcast, and I think this is genius. There was one week where, because the only two uh, scrum halves out there were Dawson and Bracken. And one week, Austin Healy was obviously the backup scrum half. And one week, both Dawson and Bracken pretended they had a knock. Austin Hilly got flown out. As soon as he landed, they were both like, actually, do you know what? I'm feeling better now. And he had to literally turn around and fly straight back. <laughs> so <laughs> it, they did it just to mug off Austin Healy. But that can, be, <laughs> that can be done. I mean, yes, tactical holidays might be good, but I think it's a case of maybe saying to Harry Williams that you, you cannot go on your family holiday. <laughs> you yeah. cannot be doing that because there is a chance that we might call you on a Wednesday saying we need you to play in Japan on Saturday or we need you to sit on the bench. But, you know, what? what, what I'm, you know, imagine you're training on the Friday, you've got the game on the Saturday and you pick up a knock and you can't play. There isn't time to fly Harry Williams out at that point. No, no, there's not, in which case you just have to have somebody cover. I mean, on this, the bench. And this, this applies in other positions too, because, you know, if something yeah. was to happen to, you know, you're only taking two scrum halves. If something was to happen to either Youngs or Hines on a Friday and they couldn't play on the Saturday, you do not have. Well, well that, that's, that's exactly why I have, uh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly why Friday is like a captain's run and there's a non intent. You never know because you can still tweak a hammy or something, can't you, doing that? But, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're the sort of they're the sort of scenarios that if it happens, it happens. It's incredibly unlucky, but you can't, you know, you can't plan for every single scenario like that. You just not. Why? Gonna... Why is a World Cup squad limited to thirty one? Do you know Dan? And do any of you guys out there uh, know the answer to that question? Because it seems to me that you know, with player welfare being such a big deal, and and you know. You're not you're not talking about changing the match day twenty three. That is what it is. Why why not just take a few more players? Um, I I, I don't know. Like within reason, I don't mean take you know sixty, but I, I don't know specifically why it's thirty one. But that does seem that does seem a fair number. I mean, everyone's going to be on an even pegging, don't they? It, because also you've got to to an extent, I guess, look at the lower the lower nation. So perhaps. Uh, when I say lower nations, I mean maybe lower ranked nations who have less, you know, they have less of a pulse. So yeah, someone but that's, like a that's Fiji, the purpose of that's the purpose of the match day twenty three. It is, but someone like at the end Fiji, of the day, your player pool exists any way you look at it. And if you decide that one of your players isn't good enough, he just says he's injured and goes home. But what yeah. if a Fiji, like say, say it was forty people, a Fiji probably don't have. Forty players who realistically no, that's fine. So want you don't, to put on a pitch. So you don't have so, to take forty. No, you don't have to, but then, but then it's not. It's, you're not as even footing as someone like an All Blacks who probably, who would have four players. But aren't you? Because all your preparation has been with as many as you want. Yeah, but but that's the point. Like a World Cup, you need to. There needs to be a selection. You know, people need to earn the place, and and it does need to be on an even footing for every nation. I think. I I think it, to me it makes sense. Hmm. It does make sense to me. I'm not saying the 31 is the right number because. These days, because of injuries and player welfare, it still seems to be a right number for me. But it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right. So, say Fiji, even if you're allowed to take forty players, Fiji probably have eight of those players who they would never play anyway. Because no, no, but it's, it's not about taking them out. To, you know, you're, you're taking the squad out, but it's about having you know, reserves. It's about saying, look, we we live in England, but we're playing in Japan. It's a long way. We need guys who are knowledgeable about the way that the game is being played, our tactics and our, you know, training with us so their fitness is there, who perhaps unknowingly are backups, but they're backups on call rather than backups sitting at home waiting to see if they get the call. Um, because, you well, know, you could argue that there's a player welfare issue with bringing someone in who hasn't been training with the squad and who isn't as as sort of uh, match ready and therefore, you know, they're they're coming into a game slightly cold by comparison. Whereas if they've been at least training with the squad and they knew what was going on, it's perhaps a safer environment. 
Yeah, I get that, but I guess what that's what these uh, pre-World Cup training camps are for. So people do know the moves, people do know the game plan. And like you say, why the likes of the Harry Williams will be told to go home to stay in absolute peak condition mm. because that, that may come. I also think if you get too many, it probably takes away a bit from the camp. It probably takes away a bit from the you know, the atmosphere within the camp, the bonding within the camp. I, I think 31 is a good number where you can all, you know, get together, go for it together. I think if you've got too many, it can to an extent maybe, you know, it can to an extent maybe lose a bit of that, a bit of that closeness, a bit of that brotherhood. I'm massively speculating here. To me, to me, 31 makes sense. <laughs> someone's going like to message us saying, yes, yeah, it's not 31. You can take whatever you want. I, I know, I, I know, I know. There is a restriction, and um, it's also that it actually part of the excitement of things such as um, injuries you know, and replacements and and how it all works it keeps it interesting, doesn't it? And and it's, it's yeah, it's also a case about the selection. Like, think about what all the chats been about the last few months in rugby. It's about being who's you know who's involved, who's not involved, who's been dropped. What would we you know, have to talk about, Dan, if they could just exactly. take as many as they wanted? So they've done it. What you're saying is they've done it for the England rugby pod. Well, they've done it. They've done it for the England rugby pod mainly, but they possibly for predated the game of rugby us as well. with regards to this. Yeah, okay. but they probably suspected that we were going to do this in 2019. They, they may well have. They may well have. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, uh, is there anyone? Oh, yeah. So let's talk about um, Ben Tia. Clearly fallen foul. Clearly been dropped because of. You know, the way that Eddie's been going on because of whatever happened between him and Mike Brown in camp. Um, you know, Eddie has talked, I think, in, in the most recent article that I read, he's talked about, you know, needing a squad with what he calls a samurai spirit. Um, but, that you know, he needs kind of a mature team that, that gels well together. And so an incident a week, you know, three, four weeks before they're going to fly out there. Do we, do we think that is what it is? Do we, do we think he's basically just gone, I don't need this sort of thing in my squad. You know, you've let yourself down and that's the end of that. Or, or do we think that's media cover-up for him saying, you're just not there yet? I I think, I think it, or I, in my head, I think it's very likely to do with an incident. I think it's probably very likely to do with a behaviour that Eddie Jones has saw and just hasn't, really hasn't liked and think might be disruptive to the squad. Because Tio's been pretty this. pretty high on, on Eddie Jones's kind of wish list for a long time like he seems to have been you know at times when we've gone I'm not convinced that Tio you know offers as much as certain other players Eddie's kind of gone with him anyway stuck yeah. by him and now suddenly this and it's like I, you I, know, I, I think, think the team looks great without him that's you know that, not to say that I don't I, I feel like if we lose Manu which god forbid um happens but you know it, it wouldn't be the first time that Manu had gone down injured and if we did lose Manu we've lost the only player that we've currently got who kind of fits that mould yeah it's it, it is a tough one so I, I think with T.O.V. I think it's kind of, I think if this had happened post the last Lions door T.O. still makes it because of how good he was there but don't forget T.O. he's been injured quite a lot he hasn't played you know he hasn't excelled uh, sort of domestically or internationally this year, really. And a lot of that is because he's been injured. I'm not saying not because he's good enough. So, Do you think there might be an it, element of actually, you know, Eddie's letting, letting the media speculate about the reasoning, but perhaps actually he thinks that there are better options? I, I, think, I think it might be a mixture of both. I, I think it might be a mixture of... He was on the fringe um, and this was the final straw or something. Yeah, the straw that broke the camel's back, I Very believe good. is the expression. Very good. Um, anyone else that you feel has been particularly unfortunate? Um, Dan Robson? No. No, 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 not after seeing Willie Hines. But you're happy with two scrum halves? I am, yeah. And you'd you'd have the extra back five player back rather than... Let's say, I given what we talked about at the beginning... I might have got an extra back row player. Let's, yeah, okay. So so who would you... Given what we talked about at the beginning and assuming that of those back five players, the one you would leave out would be McConaughey. Uh, if you weren't taking him, who would you take in his place? Uh, so, so, I mean, personally, I'd have gone for Kovacic or Armin. But with what had gone on, and obviously Shields out, I'd probably have gone Don Brandt. I think if Shields was fit, Shields 
may have been there instead of McConaughey. I mean, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not like Eddie is shy about bringing someone in who's inexperienced. Um, yeah. I think Don Brandt would be a more valuable extra body. But given like we the say, quality I, I we have in the back five already. McConaughey playing in England top. Yeah, sure. But even if McConaughey is amazing, then maybe one of the others needs to be left out. I, I don't want to leave them out, but I just I, do, I feel like six is too many. It, there's never a scenario unless there's injuries, in which case, in theory, you're replacing them. Where he he must have. I think you're right, Elliot. He must have one or two of them earmarked for other covering other positions. Be that Daily Noel as an outside centre. I, I don't know, but in my head, that must be the case. I mean, Piers Francis. Think... Piers Francis obviously we're, covers. We're, we're missing things. something. We're missing something here. What's that? Well, we're missing something with Pierce Francis. I, oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a good player. He's not a bad player, but he has not, not played well enough to an England standard since he's been in the UK compared to compared to some other players. There's, he must just fit the exact mould how Eddie wants to play the game, which we still don't 100% know. Well, he does. He, he covers fly half, right? He can, yeah. He, he, so not, he not that you'd pick him, but, but in, in theory, he's there as a third fly half cover in the yes, event that yeah. that's needed for some reason. Obviously he plays twelve. Um and I think he covers fullback again as a as a very outside la- last um so, so that resort. could be a that could be a big reason. So that might be why he's there because he's very much a utility back. Yeah. But then I would argue that, you know, whilst Noel's not going to be a fly half, you know, he's quite a utility back. Um I mean let's be honest, if you were if you were desperate and you threw Cock and a Seager in the centres, would you be that upset? You know, oh, I, I would be if I was defending him. You know, maybe maybe that's why he's able to leave Tio out. Maybe he's secretly thinking one of his secret weapons is that one one of these games, Cock and Seagulls are a rock up at twelve. So, so, so this is this is actually a good point. Just and I'm jumping again. Billy and Cock and Seagull had no right scoring those tries. Maybe he's like covered for eight. Maybe Cock and Seagulls the eight cover. Pushed over the line, was standing upright with the ball pretty much by his face. How he got that down, no, I don't was, know. Yeah, Cock and Seagull, you shouldn't be able to drive over from there. Amazing, and I'm <laughs> glad they did. But I don't know whether that was poor defence or just because they are just so huge. A bit of both, I would think. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, maybe, Cock and Seagull. Maybe, maybe Cock and Seagull is a secret eight cover slash twelve. Him, slash, him and he's going to play half. out. Jack Noel's going to be at seven, and Pierce Francis at six. Pick and go as the scrum half. Cock and yeah. hundred and twenty kilos, running the hundred in ten six or whatever. I don't oh know what Johnny God. May runs how, it in. How is he the second fastest? That is insane. So yeah. Do we believe that? Do we think he's quicker than Watson? Oh, I guess well, he must be. I mean, Jonathan Joseph loves Watson, so what? Yeah, why? Why would you make it up? Yeah. Um, we have some very good problems ahead. We do, and it's it's exciting times. And I think you know, I ran a poll, uh, admittedly only a few hours before the last game, and it came back with about fifty-fifty, maybe slightly in favour of Wales for who who people predicted would win. Um, I've run the same poll for this coming weekend. And it's about ninety percent are currently backing England. Obviously, yeah. you know, things can change. There is the Cardiff factor, but just the way that England played in the last game and the way that Wales played. Well, I just the way feel that really England—if you actually look at it, England did not play their best rugby yet. They were still so dominant, and it's saying, "Yeah, fine." If, if Wales put in a performance and get it together, well, if they get it together and England just improve a little bit, I still think England win. Yeah. I mean, I think so. So, a couple of the things that I took from that game that are that are really, uh, really po- particularly positive. One, uh, in the Six Nations, England had a habit of, you know, when when things are going well, when they're in a strong attacking position, they boss it. And with a backline like we've got and the options we've got in the backline, it's no surprise. But when things started to turn, they didn't seem to have a plan B. Everyone liked to call it. Um, I felt like that changed uh, last weekend. It, it, you know, England. Strong start, it was all going well. Started to look like Wales were coming back into the game and England found a way to just turn it back on again. And one of the biggest things, and this is the other take from that game, was what you call for constantly, what we as as a podcast call for constantly, which is the build the score. Every opportunity for points, take it. And and that's what they did. And 
there were even one or two occasions where I was thinking, oh, do you want to go for the corner? And then he'd take the points. And I'd be like, no, why, why would you go for the corner? Build the score, build the score, build the score. Um, and it just meant that every time Wales started to come back in, England just pushed them a little bit further away again. Um, and it just becomes frustrating for oppositions. Uh, you know, it, every minute that ticks down, it makes it harder. And you reach a point where I think oppositions go, we've run out of time. And, yeah. a, and at that point, you, you you go and score another try or whatever because they make mistakes and put the game to bed. Um, and it's so important to just keep that gap, keep keep daylight between you and the opposition, and just keep building the score. Um, and so I hope I'm hoping that that's not just George Ford, but that that's a a tactical thing that's been discussed well, in camp because uh, yeah, I, I there agree, have been I occasions agree. in the past. So if Faz starts on Saturday, I'm hoping to see the exact same thing from him. You know, when when points are on offer, take them. And just keep yeah. building the score. Did I mention uh, building the score? But I, I, I heard something similar to that, so mm. I think we got the point across. Uh, same with Elliot Daly. That drop goal was, uh, it was cheeky. It was very naughty, but it was uh, that was great. There was nothing on. He was there. Penalty he took advantage. Shot to, yeah, took a shot to nothing. If, if he, even if there wasn't a penalty advantage, if he missed it, not the end of the world. It's not like there was anything else on. So why not? He took it. He got I, the three I think, points. Uh, I, I, I think give him credit. I think he knew there was a penalty advantage. I don't think he'd have. T- I'm sure it he was did, such I'm a sure. wild stab, and you know it's easy to praise things that work when they work. Of but course, I think course. had there not been a penalty advantage and he'd done that and he'd missed, everyone would have been like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, well, you weren't lined up. You, you know, no, he wasn't lined up. But equally, he had, you know, he he was at the bat, last man. It would have actually just taken. Fine, it might have been the twenty-two restart, but it would have taken pressure off. Off a bit because it, you know they saved every all the England players having to run back to cover. So, so I, fine. I liked it. I, it. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm, I I liked it too because I believe that he knew there was a penalty advantage. I and believe that's the he only knew reason that as he well, did it. 100. Um, Fitness wise, you know, Wales made a huge song and dance about how they were going to be the fittest team in the world, and that was going to get them through. And, I, I thought they looked tired. I thought they looked tired. I mean, I don't know if I would say they looked tired, but I certainly didn't think that they looked fitter than England. Um, I thought the England boys looked pretty. They looked like they, they looked look like, like machines. They looked like maybe yeah, end of the game, eighty percent. They looked like they had a good twenty percent left to give, and that's not to say that they didn't give it their all. I think that probably was the right call. Like it's a warm up game, um, and it's it's not about the result in the warm up games. In terms of the scoreline, it's about the result in terms of what you learn from it and what you can take into the World Cup. Um, obviously, if we can get the wins along the way, even better. Um, but yeah, if they can if they can go through the warm up games, performing, you know, like that, cleaning up some of the mistakes and doing it at eighty percent, but knowing that so that when the when the World Cup starts, they can hit that hundred percent and just there's an there's an extra step that that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And, and yeah, I think just it, when I first saw the squad last weekend, I was like, oh, you know, I wanted to see. You know, you talked about it. I wanted to see our first team out there, and yeah, couldn't have been wronger. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was absolutely the right call. Um, I'm enjoying seeing him mixing it up a little bit, and I guess this is where the 31 is a good thing because. It doesn't feel like he's just trying wild sort of pie in the sky ideas. It's look, we've got our squad now. Now, yeah. now we need to test scenarios from within this squad, and therefore it, it's okay to do that. I think. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, England did it. that was a great start. That was an absolute great start to the next few months. Uh, they look good. They look strong. It looks like that camp has been. It looks like every second of the time has been used well, and. Yeah, they, I, I'm interested. I'm genuinely intrigued to see what's going to happen, what the team will be, and what what's going to happen this weekend. Because I think we're starting to look oh so sweet. Exactly. Is, final question for you then: um, How do things look for Wales if they lose on Saturday? I uh, couldn't give a shit. <laughs> but but for those that are are interested, uh, not not great. Not now. Wales, Wales. If they lose again. You can put you can put last weekend down to a one-off as long as they have a very good performance next time out. If they lose again, Wales to me don't have. It's all very well them fighting. They're fighting gallantly to not lose games, but 
a World Cup's not going to go like that. So Wales now need to show something extra. They need to show something more inventive. I mean, if there's a moment of genius from Davies to score that first try, they need more like that. They can't just rely on Hadley Park, George North, all that, just trying to smash everything up. I know people will say that with England, with Billy and Cotton Singer, but the breaks from the Hines, from JJ, from that lot, Wales need to show more of that, otherwise I think they're in real trouble. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I think it, it, this is where, tactically, I think they got it so wrong by coming out all guns blazing, giving it all the chat about this is our gun team, this is our first team year. Um, I said at the beginning... And I think, you know, it was a massive 50-50 because if it goes well, you get to come away saying, you know, there you go. And if it goes badly, you're left going, what, what, where do we go from here? And, you know, there's lots of chat about, oh, you know, it's we're always bad in the warm-ups. Why? Why are you always bad in the warm-ups? There's no yeah, reason yeah. to be bad in the warm-ups. You're supposed to have just spent all this time training. Why are you not able to now convert that into a performance? Um yeah, and who's one of your most important players? Yeah, who's most of one important players? Alan James. If he gets a knock, just make sure he plays for full eighty. Yeah, run the knock off. That's that's the best medical advice I can give. Do Do you play Dan bigger this weekend? I mean, you have to, don't you? Well, I mean, he, he, <laughs> they they need him, but they have obviously now got to take another uh, another fly half. So I think it's Reese Patchell or I can't remember who the other option is. I, I, I think Patchell, Patchell to me would probably be the next in line. Um, yeah, but, I think they definitely do. You need to wrap him in cotton wool now. Well, one one game in out of four, and you've lost your World Cup starting fly half. Yeah, you, you do need. Yeah, you do need. Don't because they they need to play as a team. They need to get it together as a team. These things happen. I think you learn from if they go down with a knock. But equally, that could happen in the first World Cup group game. So, I mean, I'll be honest. I would rather if England come up against Wales in the World Cup. I would prefer not to be playing against Dan Bigger. I rate I rate Dan Bigger. I I don't mind. I I don't think I think England will beat Wales. I I well we already know that they will because if they do face them we already know that England win the World Cup and are unbeaten. So that's not <clears throat> that's not an issue. But I think Dan Bigger certainly for England anyway is is more of a threat in terms of what he can do. Yes, it can go horribly wrong. But I he's, think, he's a bit he's a bit of an England bogeyman. It's a bit like yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's yeah. yeah maybe Anscombe is. A better fly half, but just against England, there's something about Dan Bigger. It's the thing about yeah, Dan Bigger. It's a bit like the Loch Ness monster. Is he real? Is he not? No one really knows. He could be, but he seems to. Every way he seems to mess with the English. Mm. Right. Well, on that note, let's leave our uh, faithful listeners to the rest of their week. Um, we. So actually, before we do. Uh, if any of you fancy coming on the pod, um, particularly for some of these live games, Dan's had some work-related um, late last-minute call-ups, and so you know we don't want to continually miss the live games. Um, and I'm sure no one wants to listen to me discussing it on my own. So if any of you do fancy um, guesting for a live game, we'd need you to be available throughout the game um, at home, so not in the pub uh, on Skype. Um, and I can call you before, during and after the game um, to do a live episode uh, with me on the days when Dan's unavailable. Um, get in touch with us, uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com um, or reach out on social media, England, uh, at englandrugbypod. Um, and just let us know because, um, yeah, it would be good to have some backups for, for the rare occasions when that is the case. And unfortunately, that's including this weekend coming. Um, so a uh, few days to get something set up for that one if, if any of you are available. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, apologise, guys. My my work schedule is a bit crazy at the moment. Um, but yeah, if anyone could, that, that, and, and actually, I think that'd be nice. It'd be good, great to get somebody else's, especially some of our more regular listeners. It'd be lovely to have your input. And uh, and you know, if you do, please get in touch with uh, contact details as well. Obviously, great guys. We will uh, catch you next time. And obviously, remember, not long to go now. Rate review if you get the opportunity over on uh, iTunes. But more importantly, spread the word, get more people listening. Let's try and uh, ramp this up. We are currently, Dan, number two in the iTunes rugby podcast chart. I, I think that must be, uh, that's amazing, but I think that must be wrong, right?
well, I mean, the the big names that we won't mention right now have not classed themselves as a rugby podcast, just a sports <laughs> no, podcast. So that, <laughs> that helps us. But currently, we're number two behind House of Rugby. So you know, some of the big names are in there. Well, yeah, I mean, the House of Rugby is huge. Well, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to take take over them, and I quite like that podcast as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's obviously pretty cool. Um, but yeah, guys, spread the word. Keep the keep the subscribers coming. More of you that are listening, the more of you that can uh, can chime in and, and let us know what you think. And you know, like we've always said, this is a a journey towards this World Cup uh, to witness England become the world champions once again. Um, and you know, you guys are along for the ride. So uh, get involved. Um, and we'll catch you next week. No, in fact, we won't. We'll catch you at the weekend, but we still need to work out the logistics. So, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs>